Introduction to Boxing and MMA Betting Lines. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As promised, I said I would do a podcast on this. And so I'm going to run through this with you guys and just basically basically explain the terminology that's used so you guys can understand what we're looking at and what I'm talking about when I do my fight predictions videos and when I'm talking about odds and betting and just basically just a a little breakdown of what you need to understand if you want to bet combat sports. So the first thing we're going to do is look at two fighters and what their straight line would be. This is a guide I wrote a very long time ago, but it's still applicable, so I'm just going to read over it. And then if you guys have any questions when I get done with it or whatever, we can go over that. So basically, we have two fighters. Let's take Fernando Vargas and Ricardo Mayorga. These are two boxing fighters, but this basically applies to MMA with a few additions, and I'll get to that at the end. So say we have Fernando Vargas. He's minus 170 against Ricardo Mayorga. He's plus 150. Basically, what this means is Fernando Vargas is the favorite. He's the guy with the minus in front of his name is the favorite, and the guy with the plus in front of his name is the underdog. Okay? So this is for straight bets only. Now, what that means is if you bet them straight, your fighter, the one you bet on, must win the fight. It doesn't matter how he wins, a decision, a KO, he simply must win for you to be paid. Another positive benefit of betting a fighter on the money line or straight, money line and straight are the same things. So you can either say money line or straight bet. Is that if the fight is declared a draw, you will get your money back. Now here's an important note. Not all books follow this rule. So some books will grade a a straight bet or a money line bet as a loss should it go to a draw so that's important to know so when you guys are shopping books make sure you look around look at their rules and understand them nine times out of ten the book is going to refund your money but i can't say that for all books especially now we're getting in the u.s all these new uh sports betting opportunities that have been legalized and of course like in other countries the uk or what have you so it's important that wherever you're looking to bet regardless if it's online or in a in a casino here in the States, you need to understand what you're looking at and what their rules are so there's no confusion when you go to cash your ticket or there's no confusion when a result comes down. You automatically know the rules for your book. So the rules for my book might be different from your book, and I can guarantee you the rules in Vegas are different than the rules online. Okay? So that's an important thing you have to do. Make sure you understand the rules for your book. As I mentioned, the plus sign next to the fighter's name is an underdog. Okay, so that means if you bet a hundred, you would get more money back. Now you don't have to bet a hundred, but I'm just using that as an example because it's really easy. So in this case, Ricardo Mayorga is plus one fifty. If you bet a hundred on Mayorga and he wins, you get one fifty back for your bet on Mayorga. Now you also get back your original bet. So the total ticket payout would be 250. Now only 150 of that is pure profit, but your total ticket total ticket payout would be 250. So when you go and bet on Mayorga, he's plus 150. You put 100 dollars down. 
he wins. When you get your ticket and you cash it or when you log in and you look at your account, it's going to say $250. Don't get too excited. You didn't really win $250. You profited $100 and got your original bet back. A fighter with a minus sign next to his name is a favorite. So we're going to use the same $100 example, right, to win $100. In Fernando's case, you bet $170 on Vargas to get $100 back. Why did we have to bet $170? Because he's the favorite. So the books or the public or whatever have you has decided that Fernando is going to win. To bet Fernando, you have to lay a little bit more, right, for the privilege of saying this is who we think is going to win. So you have to bet more. So in this case, when you bet 170, if Fernando Vargas won, you would win $100. Your total ticket payout would be $270. How much of that would be profit? We're right back to the same thing, $100, right? You bet 170, you get 270 back. What's the difference? $100. So hopefully that's uh, understandable. I explained it well. Basically, you can do... Uh, increments of that you don't have to do a hundred but when we're talking about it it's way easier just to say we're betting a hundred or we want to win a hundred that's the easiest way to look at it and everybody can follow along with that so if you don't understand that just remember plus and minus and then that dictates how much you have to bet to win a hundred the next thing we need to talk about is over-unders or totals as they're called again over-under and total is the exact same thing so in this case, we have under 9.5 rounds and over 9.5 rounds. Now, in boxing, they obviously have 12-round fights. In MMA, they only go to 5-round fights. But the concept is the same. So under 9.5 rounds, over 9.5 rounds. Under 9.5 rounds is minus 160. Over 9.5 rounds is plus 140. So remember, I already explained to you the plus and the minus. Plus is the underdog, minus is the favor. So if you bet under 9.5 rounds, you're looking at a minus 160 line. If you wanted to take the over 9.5 rounds, you'd be looking at a plus 140 line. So this is really easy. Basically, all you're trying to do uh, decide is if it's going to go over or under that amount of rounds. That's it. So it doesn't matter if it's set at 9.5 rounds and MMA, it could be 2.5 rounds, uh, it could be 10 rounds. A lot of times you have uh, distance fights, meaning like in boxing, we'll go 12 rounds, won't go 12 rounds. In MMA, it could be we'll go three rounds, won't go three rounds. It could also be we'll go five rounds, won't go five rounds, this type of thing. But everything still applies to that. The only thing that changes is the number. But the way that you're betting and what you need to happen doesn't change if you bet will go x amount of rounds you need it to go that amount of rounds and the flip side if you bet won't go x amount of rounds you need it to end before that so that, that's pretty simple the only thing that comes into play is when you're talking about half rounds so in this case like i mentioned it was 9.5 rounds that reads as nine full rounds and a minute 30 into the 10th round this is this is talking about boxing. We'll get into MMA later. But as far as this is concerned, nine and a half rounds is nine full completed rounds and a minute 30 seconds into the 10th round. So that's important. You have to know that because what we're talking about is for uh, over under to hit, 
right? So we want to know if it goes a minute 30 into 10 or if it doesn't go a minute 30 into 10. That's actually what you're looking at. Even though it says nine and a half, you're actually going to be talking about the 10th round. Again, the line was minus 160 plus 140. So if you laid 160, then you would win 100 if that happened. If it was the opposite way and you bet 100 and the plus 140 came in, you would get 140 back. So the big thing about this is the time. If it hit right at 130 on the mark, that would be a push. You actually need 1.31 to cash. But I'll tell you this, it's very rare that you're talking about right on the button. So usually that won't ever come into play. Let's see. So we know that we're talking about a 9.5 in this case. The other important thing that you need to pay attention to is the official time is read by the announcer. It's not the time you see on your TV. I cannot stress this enough. It is not the time you see on your TV. Those are not accurate, and that's not what the official results are going by. They do not use the time on your TV. They have an official timekeeper there, and that time is used. So the best way to think about this is whatever the announcer says is what the books are going to use. Now before, and depending on your books, it just depends on your books. Before, generally speaking, whatever the announcer announced, that was it. It was written in stone. Some books have gone back on that because if a ring announcer announces an error, it could be a score total error. It could be even announcing the wrong person as the winner. That has happened. Then what happens with bets, right? It becomes a really sticky situation. So again, that's going to be dependent on your book and their rules or if they flip-flop sometimes it's not a big deal like if you bet $25 or something like that they probably won't care if there was a mix-up and you're like hey but I had this whatever but you just can't be certain what they're gonna do even if they have rules about it because a lot of times they will put in a rule that says oh we we can allow adjustments to be made from the ring announcer so the ring announcer comes out and says Fernando Vargas won and then everybody goes away, and then 10 minutes later they come out, oh, we tallied it wrong. It was really Mayorga that won. Now the books have a whole bunch of trouble on their hands. This doesn't happen a lot, luckily, but it has happened. It has happened to me, and again, it just happens to be whatever the book is going at and their internal ongoings to see what's going to happen. It's really hard as a player to do anything about it, so you're kind of at their mercy at that point. Obviously, you want to do business with a book that treats you right and is fair but like I said a lot of time this is out of your hands out of your control so you pretty much just gotta roll with the punches and hopefully they do the right thing and sometimes they even pay out both sides like I said it just depends so hopefully you don't have to go through that and it's very rare actually but it could pop up so that's something you just need to keep in the back of your mind the other thing we can talk about is prop bets so prop bet has a different a couple formulations to it but right now we'll talk about just KO and decision that's pretty self-explanatory in boxing terms a KO always covers KO TKO DQ so when I say KO I'm talking about all of that 
And in boxing, uh, a win by KO covers KO, TKO, DQ, and a win by decision covers decision. Again, there is a, a sticking point to this that I'll get to because some books out there do stuff different and it becomes complicated. But again, these are decisions you have to make to know if you want to play with books that do things not traditionally. Like in Vegas, I guarantee you, we don't we don't have the stuff that the onlines have. So when I say Vargas by KO, that's it. That's the prop that goes up. And when I say uh, Vargas by decision, that's it. That's the prop goes up. And of course, Mayorga has those exact same props, but there's none of this inside the distance crap. There's none of this technical decision BS. There's none of this wins by unanimous decision. I'll get into all that later. But it's basically Vargas wins by KO. He's got to stop him. Vargas wins by decision. He has to win on points. Pretty basic. That's the way I like it. That's the way I think it should be. And I'll get into why I think the books do that later on. Some books. But again, important part that you need to understand when you're making the decision about, about what book or what casino to play at. Generally speaking, if you're talking about casinos in the U.S., you don't have to worry about that crap. Because they're governed by the rules. And even though this is new to a lot of you guys in different states that are getting sports betting in Vegas, they're, they're not, yeah, they're regulated. You're not getting these crazy weird things that they put out where it confuses people all the time. So if you're betting in a U.S. casino, you're not going to have to worry about any of this inside the distance and technical decision and wins any decision bullshit. You're going to be able to play it like how you should be able to play it. If you have to bet online, then you have to see what your book offers. And if it's one of these books, and I'm not going to mention names, but I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about, that does this weird inside the distance stuff, then that is something that you have to take into account when you're betting because you have to know their rules inside and out because they will screw you over especially the specific books I'm thinking about they will screw you over everybody who's listening to this podcast who's a hardcore better knows who I'm talking about they know the the exact person I'm talking about and they know the way they run these things and this is a legitimate quote-unquote legitimate book but they always look for a way to screw you over because if you hit them, you hit them hard and you hit them consistently, they don't want your action. So you've got to know the rules because there may be a case where you have to go head to head with them and fuss and fight about it. And again, when you're playing with books that are based in some offshore place somewhere, your recourse for going after them is very limited. So that's why I always suggest this, if you have local stuff and now being legalized in the U.S., I'm not sure how everything works in the U.K., but use reputable books as somebody that you have actual recourse with, whether it's the state or whoever regulates them. Because these offshore books can be iffy like that. And then once you do start whooping their butt, they're going to limit you right away. They won't necessarily close your account, but every person that I know that's hardcore, that's a legitimate, consistent winner has been limited. For sure. And I think if anybody wants to come, everybody would pretty much agree that that has happened to them. And that makes it hard when you're trying to earn a living. You know, when you're trying to do this as a real deal, as your source of income, that will make it difficult. So I don't know all the books out there online and how they treat their customers. 
But I would almost go out on a limb and say if you want to do this for high income earners, you're going to need some other way than online. And whatever that is depends on your jurisdictions and what laws you have going on. But that's something to look out as well because you could start out being able to have really high limits or basically like unlimited. But as you continue to win and win consistently, that changes quickly. Now, I don't want to make it sound like it's only online books that do this. I've been limited many, 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 many times here in Vegas. But the difference is, one, I don't use a player card. So if they do track me, they have to do it with facial recognition or the sportsbook managers have to know me. And there's tips and tricks you can do that to do to try to uh, get more bets in. And the other thing is, like, I have many casinos to go to. So that have that helps as well but I have been limited many times and that's just the nature of the game even if you're a great black blackjack player and you're killing them at the tables they could limit your action or tell you you need to go because they don't like losing money so those are the cool things it's kind of cool like yeah it's an ego boost right like they limit me they limit but it's not really at the same time because your end goal is to win money and support your lifestyle so if you were just out there bragging on social media like, yeah, I get limited at all the books, but that's no good. You actually don't want to be limited. And the, and the really good players take some extreme measures to get their bets in and not get limited. And I won't go into that right now, but I'm sure everybody out there that's done this for a while understands what I'm talking about. And I may be going off on a little bit on a side, but it's important because choosing your book and the start can make a big difference because if you choose a shitty book or they do some shady stuff, you're going to have a bad experience and it may make you hesitant to bet or choose other accounts, open other online accounts or bet at other places. So you want to make good decisions straight out of the gate. All right, let's go back to these odds. So I explained to you what the knockout was. Um, that's self-explanatory when you're betting a KO prop. Basically, a KO prop in boxing is going to cover everything. Um, if he gets a stoppage from a punch, if Mayorga injured his shoulder and couldn't continue, if he lost by DQ, you know, he low blows Vargas and they DQ him, all that would be covered under a KO, TKO, DQ prop. And obviously the opposite is a decision prop. If we're taking Vargas to win by decision, that's the only way he can win for us to be paid. So he has to go and win on points. If um, if Vargas and Mayoga are fighting and they're past the fourth round, this is only for boxing. If they're past the fourth round and e either fighter gets, say, cut or something happens where they can't continue... Then they'll go to the scorecards and that will be uh, rendered a technical decision. Now, depending on your book, this is this is what I'm talking about with these these shady books with these made up terms. But depending on your book, a technical decision should pay on a decision bet. Now, if you have a book that has the inside the distance prop, this is not how they roll. And I will talk I will talk about that a little bit later. But as far as like a basic Vegas bet goes, if I bet Vargas by decision and they headbutt each other in the fifth round and somebody can't continue and they go to the cards and Vargas wins a technical decision, I will be paid. And that's how it should be. And those are the type of rules 
that you want to look for, if at all possible, in my opinion, to play because they're straightforward. You know going in what what you need to happen. The books have stated it clearly what their rules are as far as the technical decision and there's no crazy shady made up rules that books use. Um, if it was before four rounds, then it would be ruled a no contest. And on all no contests, you should get your money back. So that's not a problem. Most books, including the online ones, should play that exact same way. And it shouldn't matter what you bet. It doesn't matter if you bet a draw. It doesn't matter if you bet a straight bet. It doesn't matter if you bet a prop. It doesn't matter if you bet a total. Now, I know a lot of people will say, if I bet the under 9.5 rounds and it went three rounds, how come I don't get paid? Well, that's because a no contest basically means the fight never happened. So that's the easiest way to look at it. So when a fight doesn't happen, it doesn't matter what you bet. It's almost like you didn't bet. It's like they didn't take the bets. So that can work for, that can work against, but basically a no contest. Hey, be happy that you get your money back. Um, Let's see, a draw. Obviously, you guys know what a draw is. Again, depending on the book, most of the time when you bet a draw, or if you bet a straight bet and it happens to be a draw, you'll get your money back. Not all books, so make sure that their rules are outlined as far as straight slash money line bets um, uh, with the option of if a draw happens, do you get your money back? Um, if you bet the draw, obviously you win, whatever the draw was. But when a draw, when a draw happens, basically only straight bets are going to be refunded. Again, not all books, but generally speaking, you bet... Mayorga straight, you bet Vargas straight, they fight 12 rounds, it's a draw, both sides get their money back. Anybody who bet a draw would win that. So if the draw was 10 to 1, 12 to 1, you would win that. Now anybody else who bet, say, Mayorga KO or Mayorga decision, nope, you lost. Vargas KO, Vargas decision, nope, you lost. And that goes right back to being self-explanatory. You picked Mayorga to KO him. He didn't KO him. You picked Mayorga to win a decision. He didn't win a decision. So those things are self-explanatory, and I'm sure you guys understand that. Another type of betting prop they have are round props. And this basically means the fighter that you choose must win in that round. So, for example, in this Vargas Mayorga example we're talking about, say Vargas wins in round one. And whatever the odds are, let's just call it 18 to 1 right now. Vargas wins in round one. And then you have Mayorga wins in round one. Say he's 25 to one. These will go round one, round two, all the way through the whole fight. So if it's 10 rounds, you'll see Vargas wins in round one, all the way through 10. And the same thing on Mayorga. Again, very easy to understand. If you bet this, he must win in that round. So you bet Vargas wins in round one, he knocks Mayorga out in round two, you lose. You bet Vargas wins in round one, Vargas wins in round three, he knocks him out in round two, you lose. You've got to be perfect with that. And the exact same thing goes with Mayorga. It's the exact same way. So those are things if you're going to do it, obviously those are kind of more like circus bets to me. Like they can be fun and stuff, but most of the time the odds are high for a reason because they're not easy to hit. 
How are you just going to, you know, look in your crystal ball and say, oh, this is what's going to happen in this round? There are people that can hit them. I've hit some myself, but it's not something like I go seeking all the time. And it's not something that I would consider to be viable long term if you want to win consistently. So the other thing we need to look at here is to make sure that when you are choosing your book, that if the book has an inside the distance prop, they do things a little bit differently. If your book offers this, the inside the distance prop is going to cover any which way that person wins inside the distance. And that includes a technical decision. Do you see the difference here? In Vegas, a decision covers all decisions. When you're betting this inside, now you've got this weird thing where it's covering traditional stoppages, but they sprinkle in a technical decision as well. So that's something that is unique to online books. I haven't found any book in Vegas that does that. So I think this is totally unique to online books and it's totally unique to just certain books online. Books that don't offer the inside the distance prop use the traditional KO, TKO, DQ, and decision props. If you bet a decision prop, then a technical decision result would pay, just like I explained to you. In Vegas, when you bet a decision prop, if a technical decision happens, you get paid. If you bet the KO, TKO, DQ, a technical decision would not pay because obviously we picked KO, TKO, DQ. So to me, that makes total sense. It's The only confusion comes in is because they decided to sprinkle this in. And it, if you play at multiple books, then you have to know the multiple rules at multiple books. So you And most places won't have inside the distance. So you can't get used to playing inside the distance and go to the Venetian here in Vegas and be like, where's your inside the distance bet? Or think that their KO, TKO, DQ is going to cover inside. Is going to cover technical decision because it won't. So these are cases where you may not always be going through this, but if you're just brand new, you want to make sure you understand. And then as you go along, you realize that one of these is more obscure and only used online. And then the rest of it is more common and used pretty much everywhere. Now, all of those odds were based on boxing, but those all apply to MMA. MMA has a few slight additions that can make all the difference in the world when you're betting in MMA. So let's go over those real quick. In MMA, they have five-minute rounds, and that's for three-round fights and for five rounds. So in boxing, obviously, it's three minutes. In MMA, it's five minutes. Now, why does this matter? Well, it basically only matters when you're talking about totals. So for totals, the rounds are considered to be at the halfway point of a five-minute round at the two minutes and 30 seconds mark. Remember, when we talked about the totals in boxing, it was what? One minute and 30 into the round. So this is an important thing to remember. In MMA, it's two minutes and 30 seconds. In boxing, it's one minute and 30 seconds. And remember, this is into the round. That's very important because it can be confusing the way the books consider the round to be counted and the time clock that you see on your TV. So make sure you understand when you're watching it it's into the round, and in boxing, it's 1 minute 30, and in MMA, it's 2 minutes and 30. 
An MMA, a fight can end by a KO, TKO, DQ, but it can also win by submission. These are two separate prop bets that are able to be played. If you choose Fighter A by KO, TKO, DQ, and he stops his opponent, but by submission, instead of the KO, TKO, DQ, you would lose. On the flip side, if you took Fighter A by submission and he scored a KO, TKO, DQ, you would lose. These two props are very self-explanatory. The fighter you bet on needs to win exactly how you bet for you to win. So again, if you bet him by submission and he knocks the guy out, obviously you're not going to win. And you can flip it around. If you bet him by KO and he submits the guy, you're not going to win. So these things are like, you should understand that. I don't think that's too difficult for anybody to understand. And like I said, most of this isn't difficult. It's only when the books sprinkle in their little bit of nonsense that people start going, okay, so inside the distance includes a technical decision. That's where you start getting into a little murky water. So the inside the distance prop that we spoke about works the exact same way in MMA as it does in boxing. If your fighter wins, quote unquote, inside the distance, you win. If you choose fighter A inside the distance and he KOs his opponent, you would win. If you choose fighter A inside the distance and he submits his opponent, you would still win. If you choose fighter A inside the distance and he was illegally fouled and his opponent was DQ'd, you would still win. If you choose fighter A inside the distance and we have a clash of heads that stopped the fight, and it was ruled a technical decision, you would win. Now remember, that's inside the distance prop. You have to understand the difference between the inside the distance and the traditional KO, TKO, DQ slash decision props. Those are two different things. And I explained to you the difference. So it's important that if your book offers this, you understand all the ins and outs of the inside the distance prop, because it's probably looking mighty nice to you right now. But it really depends on what you are betting. There's a trade off when you bet at books that offer the inside the distance prop. If you happen to like fighter A to win by decision, and you bet him as such, and a technical decision happens, you won't get paid. The wins by decision at those books only cover what they call quote-unquote completed decision, meaning the fight must go the completed rounds to win the prop bet. Do you see how it gets murky? In fact, they even have props on some fights like wins by any decision. So if you want to cover your butt and you go, I'm going to take Vargas by decision, but man, they fight rough or it's Southpaw Orthodox, they headbutt, this guy cuts, or it could get a technical decision. Now you have to cover your butt with wins by any decision to include that technical decision. But it doesn't stop there. They also throw in props like Fighter A wins by unanimous decision. What does that mean? Well, that means all three judges have to score him the winner. If you bet Fernando Vargas wins by unanimous decision and anything else happens, you would lose. What about fighter A wins by split decision? 
This is when two judges score him as the winner and one judge scores the other fight as the winner. If you bet fighter A wins by split decision, that has to come down exactly. Remember how we were talking about the round props? Vargas wins in round one. You think of these um, circus props like unanimous decision, split decision. They have majority decision. That's where... Um, the two judges score him as a winner and one judge scores the fight as a draw. So when you're looking at those, basically those have to come in exactly how it's written. So those aren't things I necessarily advise you to bet. And the wins by any decision, sometimes you have to bet that because like I said, it just depends on if you're at a book with inside and they kind of screw you there. So inside can be really nice for some things and not so nice for other things. It really just depends on what you're betting. When you're betting a decision, you automatically think common sense tells you a technical decision should be covered in a decision. But the inside the book says, uh-uh. I mean, the inside the prop book says, uh-uh. And the same thing when you think inside the distance, I don't naturally think a technical decision because it has decision in it. You think technical decision. It goes to the official judge's cards and there's a score rendered. Why does that, why is that included an inside? So these are the things I personally don't agree with it. I've played those books many, many, many times. So you do have to adjust. Sometimes those books have better lines. Sometimes that's your only option. So you got to be able to adjust and use those things, but just understand the differences because it can get frustrating if you're like, why didn't I win this? What's the rule on this? How come this book is this way? How come this book is that way? It can get frustrating. You just basically want, you want to understand the rules, get those uh, put into your head where you know them inside and out. So then you don't have to worry about it. You know, if you bet at this online book what the rules are. So if a technical decision happens and you got inside, you already know you won. You don't have to go researching rules and all this. So do that stuff ahead of time before you place your bets. This way, once the fight happens and the result is announced, you already know what's going on. You don't have to sit there and question if you won or leave it up to the books to pay you out legitimately. Because sometimes they make honest mistakes and other times, eh, maybe not so honest. So I think those are important things that you need to look at when you're choosing a book. And obviously I'm used to Vegas, but I've been betting online as well for Jesus ages. And it's just, it's really two different worlds, but there are benefits to online that Vegas doesn't have. Uh, a lot of times um, they have more props. A lot of times they have more lines. A lot of times they have better lines. In Vegas, it's very hard to get anything other than straight bets and maybe totals on boxing anymore. And MMA, the lines in Vegas are usually worse when it comes to totals. So take, for example, if you had will go, won't go five rounds in a championship fight in an MMA fight, Vegas may have three and a half. They don't have the will go the entire fight or won't go the entire fight. And again, that can work for or against you depending on if you're certain it's going to go under or you're certain it's going to go over. But those are things you would like to have the most options as possible. And for me, I like to have the full fight. So then it gives you um, the most time on both sides. Like if I'm pretty sure that, you know, Vargas is going to win a decision, an eight and a half, ten and a half, eleven and a half, twelve and a half. I like to have all those options because maybe maybe I get a better line at 12 than I would have at 9. 
right? That's generally how it works. So those are just things that you need to look out for. The more options, the better. So I'm not going to name names and books and stuff because some people may love those books. Other people may hate those books. But generally, it's really up to you. I mean, I'm not betting for you. I'm not choosing which lines you like and which props you like. Maybe you bet round props constantly. I'm just telling you the things I think will make you successful. And you have to understand the rules because you can get caught up in that, not realizing that, you know, this rule is different at this book. And, of course, you want to stick to bets that you feel you can accurately cap consistently. That's why I don't like necessarily the round props. And that's why I don't like the murky water with any decisions and stuff like that. They're making it more complicated than it needs to be. And I believe that's for a reason because I believe it gives them an advantage over the player, more of an advantage over the player. And so they want you caught up in all these round props and all these circus props and so many options and over under three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, six rounds, seven rounds, eight rounds, nine rounds, ten rounds. Those are all great options. But you have to look at it with a narrow mindset and, and go in capping the fight and then look at what's available and then choose what you believe is the best opportunity to, to cash. You can't get greedy chasing ridiculous lines and you can't get greedy wanting to bet a whole bunch of props on the same fight. This takes betting discipline. You have to understand what you've capped accurately and go in and look at the lines and say, what gives me the best opportunity to cash? It may not be the best line in the world compared to other props, but in your capping ability, it may have said, this is the best way for me to win. So if you have a prop that's plus 140 versus a prop that's even money or minus 110 or minus 115, that basically can do similar things with little differences. That's where your capping ability comes in because, of course, we always want to make the most money. But like with the unanimous decision, that's always going to pay better than any decision when you're talking about online books. Again, this decision stuff is very, very easy when you're in Vegas. You don't have to mess with any of that. If you go in and you like virus by KO or virus by decision, that's it. It's right there. Sometimes they'll throw in round props. Like they'll probably have that on the big fights like Triple G and Canelo rematch. That'll probably be there with the round props and stuff. But you still don't get into all that craziness. It's basically going to be decision KOs. There's going to be totals and there's going to be round props. It's all very easy, very self-explanatory. So if you want to use that model, you can use that model online. You just got to be disciplined. You got to look at those base props that you would consider that you believe are effective and long-term winning and then choose those from your book. Even if that book offers a million other props, you don't have to get caught up in it. Because that's what happens. You see all these different props and you start making up scenarios in your head where this could happen and that could happen. Oh, let me put 20 bucks on this. Oh, that could definitely happen. Oh, he's going to win by split decision. Oh, it's plus 2,000, right? Then next thing you know, your legitimate bets that you place win, but you've lost all that profit because you, you, you messed around with these circus props. So those are things that sometimes are fun to do and everybody's done it, including me, but 
generally speaking, you want to stick to that core group of props, the core group of betting opportunities, betting options that you use, and that's what you want to focus on. So every time that you're sitting there looking at a fight, you're thinking, okay, we got straight bet, we got a total, we got insider KO, TKO, and decision. Those are what you want to look at. Because those are the things that long term you're able to accurately cap, not like round one, round two, even like the last UFC fight. I thought Mickey Gall was going to submit him. I didn't know it was going to be like 30 seconds or 40 seconds into the first round. Right. So I just took submission. That's the things I'm talking about. Like if you've accurately capped it, you don't have to worry about other all that other stuff because over time. Your consistency will win out and you're not even going to be lured in by these circus props that have a whole bunch of different options with a whole bunch of different lines because that's what they want. They want you scrambled all over the place, not knowing if you're coming or going, but that's not how we play. So you're going to know exactly what you want when you go in. So when these fights come out, don't wait for the lines to come out. You should start capping this immediately in your mind so canelo triple g rematch before the lines even came out when they're talking about this fight if that's a fight that you want to bet you start capping it you know them you've watched their styles if you don't go go watch it go watch your first fight go watch their fights before you start capping in your mind already long before the lines come out you start getting a feel for what you want then the lines come out maybe you haven't made your decision up yet but you're close or maybe you already made up your mind Maybe you're done capping it, and now it's just the uh, idea of what kind of line can I get. But the lines come out. Maybe it's only straight bets at first, and you're like, okay, let me analyze a straight bet. Let me wait for totals and props to come out, but let me see what they're talking about online. If it's a good line that you like straight, bet it. Don't wait. You got to be confident in what you're doing. If it's an end line, you're not really sure, you haven't completed your capping analysis yet, Wait, wait for the totals, wait for the props, whatever it is that you're looking for, but you want to be able to pull the trigger as fast as possible. That doesn't mean you rush your capping, but you're prepared as soon as the lines come out. Because I told you, generally speaking, you want to bet early rather than later, because the later you bet, the more things can happen. People have trouble with weight issues. People have injuries. People, And you could say, well, yeah, but what if that's the fighter I picked? Yeah, but you can't do that because more often than not, you're going to get worse lines because those things are rare. Now, if you're betting a fighter that always has weight trouble, then obviously you need to decide on yourself, do I want to wait to see how he looks or do I just want to go with the flow and bet? Personally, I try to stay away from those guys because they're very hard to cap. They could come in and look terrible in the fight and do terrible in the fight. I mean, they could come in and look terrible in the way in and do terrible in the fight. They could come in and look terrible in the way in and do well in the fight. Sometimes those guys are really hard to cap because of the weight issues. Obviously, weight cutting in MMA is huge and a big problem. So it can create problems when you're betting. But generally speaking, the earlier you bet, the better for you. So if you've done your analysis and your guy doesn't have any troubles making weight, then what are you waiting for? Once you find a line that you like, hit it. 
because you're trying to play with the crystal ball if you're assuming the line's going to move one way or the other. Now, with certain big fights, you can do that, but generally speaking, with the smaller fights, you're not going to be able to do that because sometimes it's crazy where the money goes, right? Like you bet a guy, he's plus 150. The next day you look and he's plus 225, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Is the guy sick? Did he lose a leg? Did he drop dead in the sauna? That's the way the sport is. Those things happen. And other times you could bet a guy and he's plus 150 and then the money comes pouring in and the next thing he closes as a favor. Then you're going, man, I'm glad I got him at 150. You see how this works? So you just got to be ready to pull the trigger and be happy with what you got. Because that goes back to the same thing talking about comparing yourself and your ability to cap and the amount of money you make to other people. You can't do that. You got to be happy with what you're doing. And that's the exact same thing when it comes to the lines. You got to be happy with the line that you got. You cannot worry about what other people are getting. And you can't be jealous of what other people are doing. Because that negativity is going to get you nowhere. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Because you're bad at plus 150 is still profit. What does it matter if somebody got them at 250? What does it matter if somebody got them at minus and put a million dollars on them? It doesn't affect you. The only thing that affects you is your ability, your skills, and what you're doing with your time and the way that you're trying to maximize your money. So those are important lessons I think all betters understand who's done, who have done this for a long time. But it's important lessons that you guys will learn going forward if you're new to betting. But it's an important lesson for life. That keeping up with the Joneses has really ruined a lot of people. It's not something that interests me at all. Like I said, that's why I don't worry about if people think I'm the best capper in the world, the worst capper in the world. If I have more than them, not enough of the, or more than them, less than them, it doesn't matter. It means nothing to me. And that's the way that you will be when you get into your groove because you're just focused on what you're doing. And of course, I like being around like-minded people. And I like seeing other people succeed and stuff like that. But I'm not into it for a pissing contest or anything like that. You see that a lot, especially with the quote-unquote touts that they believe their system is the best or they're the best capper, or this, that, and the other. And they're constantly tooting their own horn. Or, I mean, what for? Good. I'm glad you won. Like, it doesn't take money from me. That's why I never understood with these people that have this big giant eagle against one another. Like it's some competition. We're not competing against each other. I'm competing against the book. I don't know who you're competing against. I guess if you want to hold me in this limelight that I'm the best thing since sliced bread and you need to outdo me every day, every weekend, every boxing match, every MMA, go ahead if that's what gets you going in the morning. But for me, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about beating the books. I'd rather have my hardcore group of guys, my 10 guys, and all of us spank the book. I get I get uh, more excited about that than I do about, oh, this guy won $1,000 where I won $100. Or I won a million dollars and you only won 10000 That's ridiculous. I mean, and there are people like that. I'm not exaggerating. Why do you think there's so many people who post their winning tickets on social media? Don't get me started on... IRS tax complications with that nonsense. But why do you think they do that? I mean, what's the point? To say, look at me, look how good I am, pat me on the back. Even the tracking units, which I do on the site, 
you can track all the units we've won and stuff. But I just did that because of consistency. I mean, I've been doing this, like I said, for 13 years or whatever, to be consistent, to show consistency. But I'm not up there posting all my tickets. I'm not up there saying, oh, look at me. Look how great I am. All the rest of you guys suck. Or I'm the best. Don't listen to this guy's opinion. Don't listen to that guy's opinion. I would never say that. Maybe somebody else speaks to you better. Maybe somebody else is in your hometown. Maybe somebody else befriended you. Maybe you're friends with somebody else. Maybe somebody else is better than me. That's never going to happen, truthfully. Like, that's total bullshit. There's nobody better than me in betting combat. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But there are people out there that are like that. So if you gravitate to those people, hey, that's that's on you. I mean, if you want to get into a pissing contest with people and it just becomes a competition of, look how much I won this week versus how much you won. Look at how much uh, consistency I have over how much consistency you have. You guys can do that. But I just don't think it produces anything but animosity and this back and forth cat fight between everybody. I was always welcoming an open arm to everybody in the betting community, whether it was boxing and MMA. I still go round and round with people in 2018 about boxing and MMA. No joke. Like, it has to be one or the other. MMA fans that hate boxing, boxing fans that hate MMA, it drives me crazy. Like, seriously, guys, do you not realize a person can like both? Because you're a boxing fan doesn't mean that you have to hate MMA and vice versa. I personally watch both. I bet both. I cap both. I post results of both. I do odds of both. I talk about both. I mean, what's the problem? If you don't like boxing, fine. But you don't have to shit on it. The exact same way if you don't like MMA, fine. But you don't have to shit on it. Like, I ain't got time for that. You know, I'll get those tweets of boxing's a joke. Like, what good is that? That does not help me in anything I'm trying to do. It doesn't help me connect. It doesn't help me win money. It doesn't help me gain more followers. It just, it does nothing. It's just pure negativity. If you don't like it, fine. But just spouting off nonsense actually accomplishes nothing. And that goes back into why I was doing the channel with the mindset and stuff. Because successful people think differently. Call it what you will, but they think differently. You can say any excuse as to why you think they do. But in the end, successful people think differently and they act differently and they just do things differently. So it doesn't matter to me what you deem success because it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial number and each number is different. But people that are successful and are trying to accomplish things think differently. And I get on my rants and I get on my ranting and raving and some days you're just not feeling it or whatever the case is. But I'm saying generally speaking, like I have no problem welcoming people that are new to the game, that are been around the game, that are vets of the game, that are better than me, that are worse than me, that are, I don't. Because I simply think that we're all in the same boat trying to get to the same place. Some people want to get there faster. Some people want to get there slower. Some people are along for the ride. But we're all basically trying to maximize our profits, put more money in our pocket, think positive about things, enjoy conversations about the sports. This is what we do, right? Boxing and MMA. So we want to talk about it and we want to be around it and we want to bet off of it and we want to make money. And so it all goes hand in hand. So when you have somebody that comes into that mix that is throwing shade at you all the time, 
people quickly realize, wait a minute, this isn't productive. And it's not, if it's not productive, it's taking away from something. And I don't have enough time as it is. So I want you guys to be out there and do your own thing. But I want you to think about that when you're getting into this group of betters and mindset and positivity and trying to accomplish things and hard work and dedication. All these things go together, man. It may not seem like it does right now. You may not. You may not see it yet because you're not there and that's okay. Or maybe you're there right along with me and you're nodding your head. But these things are going to improve your life, not just betting. I told you, I talk about betting. I talk about just the sports themselves. But mindset goes a long way because we all have to live and we all have to navigate life's crazy maze. And so you want to do that with positive people in your life, whether it's your family, your friends, your internet, social media accounts, your forum buddies, whatever it is, your Skype buddies. I don't care who it is or where they are or where they live. If birds of a feather flock together, it can be a pro or it can be a con. So these are life lessons that I think you guys will learn. And it's weird that I'm spinning it from a betting perspective, but when you look at it, it's not because not everybody can do what I do. Not everybody can do what the hardcore guys do. And that's like everything in life. The successful people that are out there doing things that not everybody can do. And it's not just physical. It's a mental. It's a mental mindset. And if you can flip that switch, it can change your entire life. Listen. I don't want you to think that you have to subscribe to this channel to become a professional better. I'm not telling you that. I told you this before. It could be pocket change. It could be for a car. It could be for a house. It could be for the millionaire lifestyle. I don't care. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is if you're able to accomplish those things, what else can you do in your life? This isn't just about betting. This is about hard work, discipline, but about mindset. And how powerful your mind is. And when you're able to flip that switch and do things that other people can't do, that other people look down on, that other people criticize, a lot of times you get unbelievable results. So I know I went a little off there, but it's important to me because I'm going to have other videos about motivation, about mindset, about wealth building, because this is all hand in hand. So hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. I really do appreciate all the support. Check out the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash fightjunkie2006. I appreciate all the comments on social media. I try to comment always back to you guys, reply, let you guys know I appreciate you. So hopefully I'm doing my part. You guys are definitely doing your part. So if you have any friends, family, you think anybody that would be interested in this, let them know. It's not just about betting. So they can ignore the betting stuff or they can listen to it. Maybe they dabble in it. Maybe they become the best better in the world. Who knows? Maybe they like my motivational uh, podcasts better. Uh, maybe they like a combination of both. Whatever it is. Hopefully I have something on the channel that speaks to everybody so we can build once again my Fight Junkie community, I'm big on that, the Fight Junkie family, I call it, and whatever it is that interests you, whatever it is that connects you to me, hey, I want you to know I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. I know I'm not the um, most PC person in the world, hopefully that doesn't turn too many people off, but I wanted to let you guys know that I appreciate all your support, and that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.